What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. An exciting day in Las Vegas, coming off of 2,000 shows. Yes, congratulations. You um, teased us last week with uh, the anticipation of it, and then it happened. It's it's only 3,000 hours on stage. 3,000 hours. Well, we gotta we can't leave our listeners waiting. Did you get 2,000 cupcakes? <laughs> we didn't do 2,000 cupcakes, okay, but we did some cake. We did some donuts. We did some balloons. We had wow. all, um, all of our big partners at Caesars in attendance and um, lots of fun guests at the show and just kind of uh, had a little little celebration. Did you see the magic trick that I did? I did I see posted? the magic trick. Yes, yes, very good. Spur of the moment, um, improv it. Yeah, I like it. It was so dumb, but I loved it. <laughs> and it fooled people. <laughs> oh, I should hope so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, those were, those were some pretty good... Uh, I mean, we don't go into techniques. Forces at will there. I was going to say, we don't go into techniques, but uh, man, those were some pretty strong uh, techniques. <laughs> the balloons were gimmicked. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When you... <laughs> they weren't definitely weren't in full view the whole time. <laughs> they they were not in full view, but you know that that doesn't that doesn't no, make it kidding. any less that of a was magic. a joke. I think they were in full view. <laughs> they might have been. Anything is possible. Anyway, um, check out that uh, that spur of the moment magic trick that Matt did on his Instagram. It's pretty fun. Yeah, and we posted some photos, and and uh, before I hopped on, I, I I finally got the link out there. It's only in my stories right now, but I'll get it on Facebook. In fact, we could put it in the the show notes here because we partnered with Three Square. Okay. Um, it's a, uh, the only food bank in Southern Nevada and it's, uh, the largest, well, I guess it makes sense that it has to be the largest if it's the only, I guess. Yeah. It's the largest in Nevada. I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely Vegas. for sure. Cause it's okay. the only hunger relief program in gotcha. Nevada. But anyway, um, I've donated 2000 meals. I was going to say, is it, if it's 2000 cupcakes, maybe a healthier <laughs> option, uh meals is way yeah very nice of you uh to have you know for those people who need that that's but, pe- really but people can be part of this um we're, we're doing this virtual food drive throughout the end of the year so if you click on the link you can no donation is too small and it, it goes to a great cause so that's what we're doing kind of just a just a way to give back and trying to figure out how to celebrate 2000 i thought well mm-hmm. let's let's show thanks and and do it that way that's great, especially this time of year with the holidays and everything like that. I know that's very important. So, uh, well done. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely put a link in the the show notes for people to uh, check that out. Yes, sir. Um, so, lots going on here. Overwhelmed with a baby on the way. Yes. Uh, a full tech revamp. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm definitely overwhelmed here. Trying to remain present. Um, and I'll let you know how I'm doing with that towards the uh, end here when we when we get into some of the goals were that I did sure. or did not make. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, this this is going to come out right after Thanksgiving. So it's also holiday season. So holidays are also so, you know, like uh, stressful in terms of, uh, you know, just not like getting together, planning things. But like just in the showbiz world, it's it's a busy time of year because this is like 
all the tourists come to New York City or Vegas yeah. and they're seeing shows. I mean, even just I, I saw a Broadway show last night and it just was packed with people and it's like yep. already that season. So, uh, you know, people are doing two, three shows a day sometimes here in New York. So it's like they're trying to yeah. get as many opportunities as possible for all the people who want to see entertainment to do. So. Yeah, I'm seven days this week. Yeah, so that's a lot, <laughs> which is only one more day than usual. So it's all yeah. good. Yeah, with a day off for Thanksgiving. Are you doing a show on Thanksgiving? No, of course I perform on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Of course you do. Of course. Yeah, we get dark. Uh, I've been doing a lot of speakeasy because again, it's that time of year. So I'm, I'm. They need people, and I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm around. (laughs) So uh, I've been. I did two shows last week, or three shows last week, and I'm doing two shows. Like I'm coming right back from Massachusetts to do two shows uh, this week. So it's, uh, and it's gonna just keep building and building so I'm, I'm excited for the for the work yeah now if i told you i'm doing seven days this week mm-hmm. and then you asked me if i have thanksgiving off which is this week i thought you said seven shows oh uh, okay i was gonna <laughs> say does this count as stumping you with a riddle or, uh, or trivia i should say see i thought you maybe were doubling up yeah yeah, yeah. oh gotcha gotcha <laughs> yeah. okay fair enough seven days seven fair nights enough. i guess yeah 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 absolutely so, so yeah and you it's that busy you saw time a show that i was at Go ahead. Oh, yeah. You had something you wanted to tell me first. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, about the show I saw? <laughs> no. Is that oh. what you were saying? I, yeah. I, it's hard to do this sometimes in Zoom. The timing is I different. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought you were going into something else because you saw a show that I wanted to hear about. But um, I thought you were going into. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could go into that. Just uh, There was a couple fun moments from shows this past week we can get into. And then we'll get into okay. the bulk of the show I saw. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, one moment, I'm curious how you would approach this, Matt. And again, this is going into a little bit of magic-y secrets here, uh-huh. but we'll avoid the the actual methodology. But I will just say, there's a piece I do in one of my close-up sets where um, someone has to make a choice. And mm-hmm. they're free to make the choice any way they want. It doesn't really matter at all. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, there's better outcomes than others sometimes, but uh, they, it's generally a free choice. They can change their mind as many times as they want. And you say genuinely, right? Not yeah. generally. Yeah, genuinely. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both, yeah. <laughs> I blame it back on the Zoom. <laughs> but um, after they make their choice, I have them lock it in. And then once you're locked in, you know, things go forward that way. Does that make sense? Yes. I think you know what I'm talking about. However, yeah. every once in a while, once in a blue moon, I'll get someone who after they lock their choice in and I start going to the reveal of what that means, they change their mind after that. And I was like, mm-hmm. you had all the time before that to change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> we finally right. locked it in. Yeah. So I kind of had to, you know, improvise a bit on the fly to get the desired, uh, you know, result. But uh <laughs> I, I'm just trying to avoid those those stragglers or if there's something I'm saying that seems like now that it's locked in, it's more important, and then they want to change it to see if it still happens. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And the, this all is solved by studying Danny D'Artis. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I mean, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all about attitude yeah. and specific language and... Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there doesn't need to be a lock-in. Right. Well, no. Maybe it. They have maybe to decide a... at some point because if I then start to go into the next part of the script and then they change their mind, like, yeah, but that's there's tricky. There's a way to casually get the lock-in without making it a big moment where you're waiting for them to say yes or no. There's a way to like, yeah, 
there's a way to say the well you said you didn't want to get into methodology so <laughs> i'm just gonna say study danny yeah i gotcha that's fair enough <laughs> Well, that's the thing is I normally don't do a lock-in, like make it that important unless I see they're hesitant and wanting to change their mind over and over because at that point I'm trying to put a fine punctuation on that moment. Uh, speaking of Danny's uh, teachings on how he thinks about punctuation in his show, but to put mm -hmm. a fine moment so that I'd be like, oh, you seem like you want to change your mind back and forth. And back and forth. You can do that as much as you want, but now's the time you need to decide because then we'd be here all day if you keep deciding back and forth. And yeah, I, I prefer to not get to that point. I do too. That's why I'm you saying know? this is a once in a blue moon thing. But uh <laughs> Yeah. No, I think it's it's about language, it's about yeah. control. It could have been a fluke. You might have said something a little differently than it you normally do. Yeah. Could have been the person, but I I would try to figure out a way to make it a little bit more bulletproof. I will say this whole table I was performing for, I could already tell was gonna be challenging and think outside the box because they hung their jackets from the rafters like the pillars that are oh the columns that are there. And I was like, all right, well. Uh, I think I think another key here is it needs to really feel like not only, you know, Danny's kind of thing is it always seems like he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. But I think with that, taking that a step further or sideways or whatever is, is, is that it really needs to feel like it doesn't matter. Yeah, and it doesn't That's matter. That's what it really needs to feel like. And if they are mm -hmm. changing and then changing again, and then changing later, they feel like it matters. Right, right. You know? I, well, it's also sort of the premise of that I'm going to try and influence them. So it's right. like, you know, I'm I'm trying to, quote, say, you know, this is the way I want you to do it. That is the premise. So it's funny that then, you know, once they've changed their mind multiple times, they still think, oh, well, it's going to, I'm going to change it up to see if I can catch him out but the whole point is for you to do what i want you to do so it's a little right. it's, it's very strange but anyway i just thought it was an interesting moment no uh, it yeah. is i i uh i saw a little clip of of jeff mcbride yes one of your faves your mentor fr friend um talking about how and he's talked about i've heard him talk about this before this was some sort of tiktok clip or something though and he was talking about how there are thinking audiences and drinking audiences oh i like that Right. So it's, it's a very mm -hmm. catchy phrase there. And that's very true. But like I find maybe I, I think this applies not just to like theatrical like theater shows or Vegas shows, but like I find that audiences many times can be both. Yes. At the same time or meaning there the are individual. segments of the audience <laughs> oh. that are one and segments of, yeah. the, of the audience that are other. I had mm -hmm. a very drunk patron. um the other night in the front row and the row behind him was really quite offended. Really? Oh, wow. yeah. There was language that was inappropriate oh, um, for the setting. Right. Yeah. And then there was just sort of lashing out and yelling out things that like were ill-timed, if you will. Right. Right. Um, so that's an interesting one to deal with, but I, I chose to just, I don't know if this would surprise you or not, probably not, but I chose to just handle it directly. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. It's just that there are kind ways of saying "shut up." Yeah, I well, I want to get into that in a moment, but I'm just like, <laughs> like I, I've been in those situations too, and I just love seeing, you know, sometimes those over the top reactions, which is like, great. I'm glad you're so passionate, but like, tone it down. It doesn't have to be that. That's <laughs> like not the most mind blowing thing you've ever no, seen. No, yeah, <laughs> right, right. This is more about yelling like random things. Like, let's say I'm trying to build tension. Sure. Yeah. And I'm building up to a moment and I'm purposely leaving spaces of silence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
this is the one in a hundred times or a thousand times, like that someone feels that they should be filling the silence with screaming out mm-hmm. obscenities. Yeah, yeah. 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 So how did you handle it? What did you say to him directly? I politely told him to shut up. <laughs> you just said, sir, shut up. Um, <laughs> it w- I, I think the phrase shut up may have been used in a <laughs> playful way. Sure. And there was applause. <laughs> well, that's the heckler thing is like you always have to wait until the audience is on your side because then they're going to do things like applaud. Which when is you interesting because it. yeah. it's always right at the like this type of thing is more likely to happen at the top of show. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to like in a groove. It's like right right up at the top. Um, and I knew I knew by the level of drunk that this person group would not last very long. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. was not a group that was going to be in seated for 90 minutes there. Yeah. This was a whole nother level. Of, like, I think maybe potentially hurled over a toilet, right? Like within right. 20 minutes, who knows? Um, so I think I even referenced that when I like looked down and like realized what was happening. I was like, oh, you, you are not going to last very long here at all, are you? I think I even said something like that, which was true. But they made it longer than I thought they would. <laughs> at some point, do they, you know, the ushers step in and be like, you need to leave? Or if they're that distracting, has that happened? Uh, there have been instances where various things have been happening in the room where security would need to step in or people would need to be removed for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of throwing up, like for that, for example. Um <laughs> Uh, but this was not one of those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, this was more of a scenario where during a short break moment, like my crew checks in with me and goes like, are they good? Do you need them removed? I was like, no, absolutely not. And they're like, I was, they're, they're fine. Like once, yeah. once I just addressed it once, there was, there was no further yeah. issue. And I, I did have a feeling they, they, I was like, they, they mean well, they're just not, they're just not right, right. in the right place mentally right now totally. in this moment. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that. That's always a tricky situation to handle. But again, that's uh, after doing two thousand shows, you should have that under your belt. <laughs> yeah, only three thousand hours though, and like we say, there's that whole ten thousand hour rule. I mean, I'm just barely scratching the surface over there with that. Right, but that's to be a professional. Like, well, I mean, ten thousand hours is just a gauge. It's a number, but also it's arbitrary. Right, but it's also not including the years and years of you performing prior to that. You know. Well, yeah, we all know there's been more than you know. Who knows how many hours logged in? But I mean, in terms of on stage hours at that one theater, yeah, we're at about two thousand. In terms of in front of a live audience, so I mean, three thousand hours. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Room to grow. Yeah, you were talking about um, a building tension, and there's a there's a lot of that uh, as you build process in mentalism too. And I was doing a piece at another private gig, uh, and it was kind of funny because my judge I picked. Well, I always look for someone in the front row to kind of be the eyes and the ears for the audience. And as I'm setting up the process for this uh, three phase uh, reveal that I do of three random thoughts. I was looking at someone and just in the front row, and I know you have lines for this. He just was on his phone, right? Mm, yeah. I, so I called him out because I was like, I need someone. I made it a funny moment, like you're saying. It's like, I need someone that's paying attention, that's really focused on the show. You, sir, who's looking at your phone. <laughs> and it was just, uh, you know, kind of doing that like teachery thing of like calling someone out when doing something they're not supposed to do and it makes them stop but it also was funny because he's like oh oh yeah i'll step back into it which is a lot of fun the funny thing about that to me and i don't know if you've noticed this is that when someone's on their phone they're really in their own world yeah so like 
I've had times where I've like I'll I'll do this a similar thing where I'll like just interact with them for the fun of it and they mm-hmm. have no idea I'm talking to them. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes it takes a really long time to realize like literally we've now brought a spotlight in on them. <laughs> the whole audience is watching. People with them are tapping them and they're still like not understanding at that moment when they do. Yeah. Is is really quite interesting how long sometimes it takes, but we've all been engrossed right. in our phones. We know what it feels yeah. like to be on both sides of it and it's kind of a I mean, it's kind of a problem, right? We're all addicted to these devices. It, <laughs> I know. It I think the the most annoying part is like, if a show is happening, like that's not the time to pull out your phone. Like, right? There you, are a lot of times that are inappropriate, though. I mean, it's right. a lot better than doing it while driving. But yeah. you see that all the time too. That's true. That's true. I was happy about that show overall. I think I I did really well. Uh, but I also got to show off my nerd cred a bit, Matt, because yeah. uh, there's a there's a technique I use, especially when I'm doing a full show. Uh, and I'm getting things right all the time. Sometimes the audience gets ahead of me and just assumes I'm going to get something right. That's that's a problem in mentalism that happens, right? If you're that good uh, and you're, you're just nailing things left and right, uh, some of that tension and surprise is lost. So at like later in the show, I'll try and miss slightly or make the audience think I missed, right? To keep them like that tightrope walker kind of thing. Is he going to get it right? So uh, I already know I'm going to reveal, because I've written on the pad, what this guy's Halloween costume was. And he was an Ewok, Matt. Okay. So, yeah, from Star Wars. Yeah. But I didn't want the audience to get ahead of me. So I go, all right, I got to tell you something. You know, you you were thinking, what, Ewok, before you turn around that pad, um, Mind reading is not 100%. And uh, I do know for a fact that in Return of the Jedi, before they had the concept of Ewoks, it was originally going to be a planet of Wookiees and they were going to have a big battle. But George Lucas, you know, changed that last minute and they changed the word Wookiee around to make Ewok. So I go, if I put Wookiee, it's a furry creature from Star Wars, would you give it to me? <laughs> So I got to really go into this riffing on Star Wars knowledge, which I really love. And before he even um, revealed his thought, I said to him, I go, I think I'm close. Just think tall or short, right? So <laughs> he just thought it. And then when I go, if I get Wookiee, is that close enough? And the audience usually goes, yeah, that's close enough. And there's always a young web person who's like, no. <laughs> like, well, for you, sir, let's get that exactly right. And he turns around as Ewok. So uh, I just really love those moments. And that, yeah, again, why we do trivia on the show and have the improv background is to just like play with the audience. And even after the show, the guy comes up, he goes, the way you riffed on Ewoks was like my favorite part. <laughs> it was, like, oh, that's real. awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I just I just love that part, too. So, uh, yeah. So it's. It helps to now that you've seen Star Wars and know what we're talking about. <laughs> right. I don't really remember it that much because I only saw it once. Oh, you're going to have to keep rewatching. Mm, one <laughs> one time was okay. At least if now. you have the reference points, though, and you can riff a little bit if you need to say something. Like, you can do it in your Matt Franco style, though, and be like, isn't there like a robot or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and then I'd be like, no, they're called droids, Matt. They're called droids. <laughs> So, yeah. Anyway, those were just some tales from the road this past week that I had a lot of fun doing. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? Do you want to get into the uh, show now or uh, jump uh, to an early trivia? Trivia first, please. All right. Let's jump into some riddles and trivia. It's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this. Diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. 
Okay, I think you're going to get this one. A man pushes his car. He gets to a hotel and stands in front of it. And at that very instant, he loses all of his money. How did this happen, Matt? He did what with his car? A man pushes his car. He gets to a hotel and stands in front of it. And at that very instant, he loses all his money. Right. Yeah, this is an easy one nowadays. This is an easy one nowadays? Yeah, because there are so many scams out there where people can sort of just, you know, steal your information by being in close proximity. So has to be something to do with that. <laughs> you think, you think what it was like, uh, what was, what's the hacker convention in Vegas? I don't know. There are a few of them. Uh, so you think one of those is just like, he stood in front of the wrong place and they just stole all of his bank account information. Well, yeah. I mean, the car is just misdirection. The hotel is misdirection. Um, he pushes his car to the front of a hotel, stands there and loses all his money. Uh, I'll read it because it's a little specific. Uh, a man pushes his car. He gets to a hotel and stands in front of it. At that this very instant, he loses all his money. How did oh. this happen? Oh, because his only money was his car. He didn't have money, so the no, 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 no. You gotta think outside the box, Matt. Oh. There's some key words in here that are. I mean, everything in this riddle is relevant. Okay, let's and, hear it again. And um. And uh, it should uh, conjure up an image for you, hopefully. Uh, A man pushes his car. He gets to a hotel and stands in front of it. And at this very instant, he loses all his money. How did this happen? I have no idea. You're stumped. You want a hint? Okay. What's another word for losing all your money? Going broke. Sure. What's another word? My favorite is strapped. <laughs> uh, more, more in terms of with like the government filing with the government. If you lose all your money, like uh, bankrupt. That is right. So you want to hear uh, it again? Not, you want to hear it again? <laughs> a man pushes his car. Uh huh. Car is important. He gets to a hotel. Hotel is important. Stands okay. in front of it, and at the very instant, he loses all of his money, or. As you just said, he goes bankrupt. Bankrupt. Where do you see bankrupt hotel and maybe a car? <laughs> see? Oh, is this got to do with a board game? <laughs> yes. Oh, Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. <laughs> oh, I've heard that before, believe it or not. I think I've heard a version of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So he pushes his car token piece in front yep. of a hotel space. Yeah. Loses yep. a lot of money. Oh, I've so heard that riddle before, or something very similar to it. I should have gotten that. I, I My mean, brain I get, is not all there. I gave today. you that, but I really should have given you this. Yeah, you definitely. <laughs> I did not get it. Yeah, so. I'm like, like I said, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm a little. No, uh, that's good. Spread thin, if you will. Totally good. You've been on a tear of the riddles, so it's good that I've stumped you. So let's Absolutely. jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. I am ready when you are. What is another country that uses the dollar as its official currency? Now, I'm not going to let you just choose because there are a lot. I'm going to give you four and you have to tell me which one. 
Okay, yeah, because I was like, some already came to mind um, mm-hmm. right away, but go ahead. What are the options? Ecuador, mm-hmm. Mexico, mm-hmm. United Kingdom, mm-hmm. Canada. Mm. Okay. Well, um, I, I believe Mexico uses the peso. I believe you say the UK. I did. Uh, that is uh, the pound because they don't use the euro because they Brexited. <laughs> I think they kept the pound anyway. Uh, then uh, Ecuador and Canada. I mean, Canadian dollars are a thing, and like that's the whole whole like exchange rate, and that the money is less. I believe I'm gonna go with. Because normally when you do a transaction, they're like, is it, you know, it's dollars. And they go, it's U.S., Canada. Because Australia also popped in my mind. I believe they also use a dollar. But uh, I'm going to go with Canada, Matt. Is it Canada? That is incorrect. What? I believe that's a dollar. They use dollars. Uh, it's the question is, what's another country that uses the dollar as its official currency? The dollar. Yeah. Or like our dollar? Or just the term dollar? Oh no! I think I meant U.S. currency, oh, like our okay. dollar. Gotcha, gotcha. Because it's a, they're called Canadian dollars, I believe. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> not what I don't think that's what it's asking. All right. So you're saying that uh, Ecuador uses Ecuador. our dollar? Ecuador <laughs> okay. was the answer we were looking for. Gotcha, gotcha. It was a technicality, I guess. But all right, fair. Ecuador dollars. Uh, they they use the United States dollar. You're well, right. when you said there were certain countries that came to mind, what came to mind? Like Australia has the Australian dollar. Were there more that came to mind? Because no. I was surprised to see how many there were. <laughs> that use our currency? Yes. Oh yeah. I don't I don't know. Yeah, that is surprising. Are you looking at it right now? I'm trying to look it up in the moment here. Yeah, there are quite a few. I just found currency of Ecuador. Uh there's a whole uh Wikipedia article about the history of it. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't tell me what's uh, currently there, so uh, we'll, we'll check that out for another time and maybe revisit it. Oh, Panama, so two thousand dollarization. The U.S. dollar uh, became legal tender in Ecuador in March 13, two thousand. Uh, all right. So main main source is U.S. dollar, and does it say where else? Uh, Ecuador. Nope, doesn't. On the Wikipedia article for U.S. dollar, it doesn't give you the other ones. But what do you said you saw other ones? Oh yeah, I did a little Google and I I came up with a bunch, Panama and like a whole list. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I thought so. I was like, yeah, I didn't realize that. What's but it, I, it almost like made me want to go to some of the places because it's just less of a little bit of a to do to have to exchange and not know what you're spending. Well, not only Instead, that, Matt, when you perform there. You could still do your dollar to hundred dollar, you know, right. effect without having to uh, obtain, you know, the equivalent of a one dollar bill in their currency yeah. and all of that. Yeah, <laughs> you could do your show as is without yeah. doing an exchange rate. Yeah, so I'm gonna plan a tour just based on Ecuador, Panama. Yeah, and whatever else came up on the Google search. <laughs> amazing, amazing, uh, Matt. I saw a show. Uh, that I invited you to if you could fly out to see, but you could not with your schedule. I uh, really wanted to. I know you did. I know. But uh, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Ossie Wind, 
uh, is doing a show called Aussie Wins Inner Circle. And it's a close-up parlor magic show off-Broadway uh, just south of Washington Square Park. And, um, man, he is so good. He is really, really talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would put him in, like, this top echelon of magic performers. Just his thinking and his boldness and his personality. I mean, he'll fry you with a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. Now. What's interesting? He has, he yeah, has yeah, fried me. He has <laughs> fried you with a deck of cards. Yes, uh, and he's also speaking of like again making choices like Danny and not even caring. Like he'll just do that, right? Like same. He's same thing. he's yeah. He's definitely a master with that stuff. He'll a also studier of Chan Canaster too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He mentions a lot of his mentors and has photo, uh, not photos, paintings that he did mm. in the hallway. Of his mm-hmm. mentors, so you get to see all these people. But he specifically highlights Canasta and Juan Tamariz, who is, of course, Danny's teacher. Uh, mm-hmm. Donnie, sorry. And uh, and um, and also Houdini, and he mentions a bunch of people. But um, he uh, he also, by the way, speaking of uh, giving a free, fair choice, he also plays it as a gag because he knows it doesn't matter. He'll do that thing where he runs his finger along a spread of cards and yeah. just say, stop. And then mm-hmm. he won't hear them and just like do it wherever he wants. And he, it's a funny gag in the show. <laughs> oh, just like as a bit? <laughs> yeah, as a bit. And then he lets them do whatever he wants. But he, can't, right. he, does, he does that sometimes, which is very fun. Uh, but he, so this is a, a card uh, show, card magic show using a deck of cards that's unlike any other deck of cards. Because what happens, this is big spoiler alert, by the way. If you do plan on seeing Ozzy's show, I recommend it. You should go see it. But since Matt, you probably can't get out here in time. Although it's going to be extended, so you might uh, you might be able to at some point squeeze it in. I have um, a baby on the way. Yeah, you got a baby on the way. <laughs> Bring the baby. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, Aussie uh, has everyone, as they enter the space, write their name on a blank card. And then he has little spots in the corner for them to write their first initial as the pip of the card. Mm-hmm. So he's creating a deck of cards, not using, you know, ace through king, hearts, clubs, spades, diamonds. He's using people's names and he has them. You can choose. You want a red card or a, or a black card. And they have the borders around the cards that are red or black. But just everyone signs their name. And it's a show about people's names and identity and what that means to them. And, uh, you know, it's really great to see, you know, there's a lot of classic card uh, plots that he uses that he does extremely well in his own method that, again, is super fooling. But they take on a new meaning because you're not using just an arbitrary playing card. You're using someone's name. So something like an ambitious card effect, which he didn't actually do a traditional version of, but he just had someone take a card from any of the cards next to him and pull it out and it happened to be that person's name sitting mm-hmm. next to him so it's like and then it keeps doing that whenever he has to pick a card he keeps pulling his name out of all the possibilities which right. is a really really fun moment that's awesome uh now does that require a certain number of people like 52 or it's just similar like so, it so he's to be got exact. over about 100 so the theater seats hun- about 100 they actually mm-hmm. designed the the space just for the show yeah so it has a huge circular table where Aussie sits at the uh, the head of it, or at 12 o'clock, I guess, and everyone's kind of all around it. But then they built the tiered seating. Yeah, <laughs> so, it looks just like there's one like that in, is it Germany? Oh, Have you I never seen a venue like that before? 
No, 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 no. I yeah, there's it. one that's beautiful um, and kind of a similar raked setup that's yeah. very, very cool. But um, I haven't been to it, but I've seen photos and videos from mm-hmm. it. Very cool. Yeah, talking with him after the show, you were saying how like you wish we could, you know, add more, or be more rakes so that everyone can see over people's heads. But like things like fire codes and like building requirements, per, mm-hmm. you know, you have to fit within that limit there. Uh, but by the way, uh, Adam Blumenthal, who you know famously from Tannins, was you know d- designed and lit the entire set, and it looked beautiful, absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. So shout out to him uh, as well. Uh, but the uh, the show was just so really 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 fun and i was worried about like are you going to be able to see the names because we were in the top row i think there's about four rows we're in that fourth tier uh and i was worried about if we're going to see the names from where we were sitting but what was cool is they have a projection that's down onto the table so if he puts the card somewhere you can see it blown up that fills the rest of the table perfect it's such just from a technological point unbelievable (laughs) Well, what's great about that is you don't have to look far away to see your iMag. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? That's the pet peeve is like when you're sitting in a theater or whatever, or in you, I'm sure you've had this at corporate events, right? Mm-hmm, the bigger mm-hmm. corporate events always have these big side screens. Yes. So like they have a choice of watching the stage or like turning their head like a pigeon all the way over to <laughs> right. wherever the screen might be. And if there's a huge disconnect, that's why like, you know, I'm very careful with screen position too. I, I like it to be upstage of me, not downstage of me. So I'm, you know, in front of it for the audience, but also like not too high above me. So people have to do this up and down yo-yo thing with their head. I want it to kind of feel like you can see both simultaneously, ideally, in many scenarios. Of course, it totally depends on context. Absolutely. It, yeah. You know? The fact that it's already in your line of sight because you're already looking at the table right oh yeah that's yeah. amazing yeah. love that yeah it's a, it was a really really awesome touch when he added that in uh but uh, yeah he does a bunch of amazing things where cards appear in you know a wallet that he comes nowhere near to uh one fun story he tells again spoiler alert if you're still listening to this section and plan on seeing the show what are you doing go see the show uh but um he because he talks about how when he first came to New York, he just had a deck of cards and was kind of just doing street magic in Washington Square Park. And now it's taken him 20 years and now he's performing his own off Broadway show just south of Washington Square Park. He has someone in the audience go into the park, leave the show, go into the park and ask them for a number uh and uh, between like you know one and 52 or how many cards there are uh but then come back and tell the number and what was interesting is someone else had just thought of a card or a name rather of someone that they saw in the deck and gave the pack to someone else and he doesn't any name at any number effect using this breaking the boundaries of the theater where he goes out and he you know they we wait for the person. That was the other interesting choice because I talked to him after and I was like, it's interesting that you didn't go on to another effect while we're waiting for this guy to go out to the park and ask someone for a number. And I was like, but I understand why you didn't do it because you don't want to muddy that effect because it's so clean and so pure. And so what he was talking about, how he was finding those comedy beats in that waiting period because normally that's dead time in a show, right? Right, right. Well, yeah, normally we don't have someone leave intentionally and then wait for them to return. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. 
So he was talking about how, like, just sitting there for a moment, that's the first comedy beat. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, does a little thing that he did when he first started when he was a kid, a little gag, like pouring water from a water bottle into a little cap and offering it to someone next to him. <laughs> like, just as, like, a little thing. And then playing up that moment and the awkwardness and then being like, oh, I can't believe you drank it. Like, you're going to enjoy the rest of the show, making it seem like it's, like, you know, laced with right. something. <laughs> But then also, then he's st- if they're still waiting, then he can just be like, sometimes they don't come back, you know. So he the the what's amazing to me is how he filled that time with the humor, and uh, you know, every step of the way was able to create an interesting w- and making the waiting the funny part, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that fact that you're pu- he's pulling things from when he was a kid. You know, as gags, like you're you're gonna use everything you know in showbiz. Like it's that that adage just keeps coming back. You're gonna mm-hmm, you're gonna mm-hmm. find ways to use things from your past as well. Now, so. was it was it really comedic in tone overall, or kind of that was one of the moments that sort of stood out because it wasn't He's, more of a because because he yeah. generally is not you know not known for like a overly comedic tone. No, he's very he it can be very serious when he wants to be, but also right. he's playful. That's I think I think gotcha. I'll call it more playful and he's gotcha. having fun with the audience and it's funny, you know, he has funny moments throughout the show. Okay. He has gags and, and stuff that he does. But it is about, you know, how just amazing he is with a deck of cards. Oh yeah. Uh, and just uh I mean another highlight moment of the show is where he has someone um uh, find their card. He asks just someone in the audience their name, and he finds their card. And he says, you could choose someone you're with or just a random stranger. Who do you want to use? This lady happened to use the guy she was with. And then uh, he takes the two cards, and he tears them in half, both of them. And he says, I only have time to put one of them together. So you, sir, get to choose. <laughs> do you want to choose your card to put back to restore, or do you want you know the, the lady you're with's uh, card to co- come back together? And he's like, "Be careful. This will be <laughs> this will your your relationship essentially depends on it. Like which choice, <laughs> you know? Like so he goes, "What if we do this though?" And he takes two one half from each card, and he takes some tape, and he's like, "Look, it looks like it's together." And then eventually removes the tape, and the two cards have fused, and it's just like amazing because you see half of their signatures on right each card. on each one, yeah, and. Which is amazing as a card trick when cards are printed, but the fact that they even wrote it themselves makes it that next level and brings it more impossible. So, um, is that a name card? Is he ripping their name, or this yeah. is a regular? Oh, All, okay. uh, every card in the show is a name card. Gotcha. There are no traditional playing cards. No traditional playing cards in the entire. Awesome. Show. Yeah, love it. So anyway, uh, I really loved it. I think there was like, uh, I think. It's really great to see different types of magic, especially in New York. There's so many magic shows now to see, you know, this one. What really impressed me about this is that we talked about this on this podcast of like um, having a constraint and the constraint can sometimes force you to be more creative and add a level to the artistic ability or the artistic nature of the show. And the fact that he decided I'm going to do a whole show with not playing cards, but people's names on cards added this element and it's working within that limitation that I think brought the show to that next level. 
mm-hmm. it's all variations on a theme. I, I even posted um, after I saw it, I was like, he's like a master composer or painter. They're, he's doing variations on the theme of names. So, mm-hmm. you know, people changing names, fusing names together, names rising to the top are always being found out of a pack. You're like, he's changing up the variety of what you would see in a you know in a card show so it's not the same type of effect over and over again but like how do you do this and there's even moments where he does you know he's inspired by as you said chain canasta where he has someone stand at the top of the stairs and he's sort of reading their mind based off of the names that they randomly pulled from a deck and mm-hmm. she, he's like take that card put it away take that card put it away uh whatever name you want in your pocket will be that name and he does mm-hmm. and it, she pulls it out and it's that name so it's like so many different things you can do with that limitation of like these aren't traditional cards; these are people's names. So right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's I, awesome. I I think I told about half of the things that happened to the show. There's a whole other <laughs> half, but I don't when you said they were red and black, um, because they had like a border. Were they also using like a red marker and a black marker, or everyone just used black marker? Yes, a red and black marker as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. So it looks. Yeah, that's great. great. Yeah, I'd love yeah. to see that. There's a little bit of mentalism, as I just mentioned. There's someone who thinks of a new name. Like no more spoilers. Play. Yeah, okay, no more spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, check it out. Check it out. Uh, you would see it. Even, And I know people who've gone back twice or, or more than once and who even knew what was going to happen, even though the, cha- the show has changed a bunch from when it first opened because he's always experimenting. And, you know, after when we had, had dinner with him after, and he was talking about how he substituted just things that weren't working you know mm-hmm. and just like you know he's like even in the early run he's like you know there was like one show that stuck in his mind where it just wasn't great and he's like mm-hmm. he has that such a level of uh in and you probably know this too when your name is actually on the show you have such a higher standard for yourself so he is constantly tickering with it and then is found found what works and is always evolving so go see Asi wins inner circle sweet yes Yes, Matt. So that's what's happening in New York. Anything else going on in Vegas? No, I've, uh, I've, like I said, I've just been, I've been overwhelmed. So I guess just jumping ahead here. Uh, yeah. I think, I think all of my goals, like I think they were like the fitness thing mm-hmm. and the moving of the office, like getting that situated. Uh, you can tell right now, based on <laughs> where I'm broadcasting from, right. that I have not achieved the office thing. Right. Um, I have fallen off like this past week was the first time in like a month and a half or, or whatever that I have missed running like, yeah, several wow. days, like four days, four days in a row. Gotcha. And also now I just, um, I'm feeling like just a little, like slightly under the weather. So I want to like mm-hmm. just nurse it and not be like running outside in the cold. Now, and that's not even just an excuse. I already right. made. I already missed the days. Now it's just like now I'm missing more on account of this. Sure. Um, so, but having said that, I have accomplished a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, during the week, I that just. Um, but I, it's it's getting to that point of sort of overwhelming with all things with the holidays and everything sort of coming to a head, and um, it's all good. Just trying to take things one step at a time, and I think one of the reasons we even do these goals is. Um, for you, the listeners, to you know, think about what you might be able to accomplish today. It could be a long-term thing that you're trying to do, or it could be literally, you could be listening to this late at night, and there still might be something you can accomplish before you you hit the sack. So, um, and hopefully, Matt, this gives you a little motivation. 
And not only that, it's also okay to, to have goals and, as we have demonstrated multiple times, not accomplish them. <laughs> but to that have your okay. mind forward to, to wanting to do something, to always be trying to improve, whether you reach that bar or not, I think that's the, that's the motivation there, right? Yeah. No, it really is. And like like I said, it's not, not excuses. The reason I haven't gotten to these things yet is because other things have taken precedence. Yeah. And that's okay, you know? too. So. Sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes when I do have like a set list of on my to do list of things I want to do, you know, I can beat myself up when I don't accomplish them. But it's also mm-hmm. like, no, I'll, I'll be able to get to them at some point or or still having that that kind of prize down the road of what you're trying to accomplish is helpful, even if you don't get to it, you know, immediately or today or whatever, just having something to strive for. And it just as a small sidestep. Before we officially tackle the goals and we get into yours, I've also been thinking a bit about because we we've got all this revamp coming. I've been thinking about branding in general. Yeah. Um. And people, it's it's very common for people to have personal brands now. I mean, Mm -hmm. even if you're just someone who you know is not in show business, but like goes on job interviews, like that's still sort of phrased nowadays as your personal brand, the way you portray yourself. Yes. Especially with social media. And I, I read something interesting. I think this is just kind of basic, but um, I think it was said something like, and I'm paraphrasing, you take what who you think you are, mm-hmm. and then you take what other people think you are. Mm-hmm. And then the third question you ask is, what do you think other people think you are? Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So three questions. Who mm-hmm. do you think you are? Who do other people think you are? And then who do you think other people think you are? And if you answer are able to answer those three questions and then find the areas that overlap, that's supposedly the central messaging of your brand, your personal brand. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of aligns with the advice I always give people when they're doing a show like AGT. And I think we talked about that before you went on of like you have the way you want to portray yourself and the way the producers want to portray yourself. And ideally, those two circles overlap completely. But that's not often the case with TV, you know, in big moments like that. Sometimes you might have a sliver that overlaps in that middle of that Venn diagram. Uh, But, yeah, you want to if you're thinking in more um, globally, like not just what about you, you know, but mm-hmm. how others perceive you. That's huge. That's a huge advantage and being self-aware and knowing what you have to offer. Um, we, there's another improv technique where literally you just stand on stage and people shout out what characters you would be typecast for. And you're not even doing, they don't even know you. They don't say anything, you know. They're just getting what they already get from your personality, your vibe, just by standing there. So you learn a lot of like, oh, I didn't know I, you know. Came off as that. Came off as, you know, I could be a construction worker. Like, so like, yeah. then once you know, you can either lean into it or play off of it and go the other way to your advantage. So it's just having extra knowledge. And I think that's what you're talking about branding wise is like figuring out, you know, what, what do you see yourself and then what do others see yourself? But I like this other, then what do, what do you think others see you as? And that's what that improv exercise helps you do is. Right connect those dots <laughs> and and you know i'm just so far from an expert on something like this really mm-hmm. um so i find it interesting to think about and you know you scroll through social media and certain things stop you but certain things you know who it is before you see their name or even see their face you just always know oh yeah that's that's the person mm-hmm. with the baggy shirt and the chain or like you inst- right. it's instantly recognizable even if it's a different color palette or whatever 
you're like recognizing because they're Harris specific or they're goatee mm-hmm. or they always have this type of sunglasses on or something or a type of glasses. Another good way to define your character, whether it's branding or, you know, for stage purposes or whatever, is just if someone can do an impression of you. Yeah. (laughs) So then, you know, you have a strong brand or character as well, which is uh, is a good way to do it. Uh, uh, Matt Groening talked about it with The Simpsons, too, as he wanted each character to be identifiable by their silhouette. And that's why they all look different. And Marge has big blue hair and Lisa has the spiky hair and Bart has the upward spikes. You know, so they're all different. So it's all about creating that lasting image, I believe, as well. Yeah. So if I said something like Tom Hanks, obviously he does have a huge personal brand. Like what would you what would you word would use to describe it? I believe everyone already describes him as America's dad. That is true. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not what the, the phrase I had in mind was every man. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's all about thinking of that. So are you then trying to implement this into the rebrand of your show or are you just is, this is just general? This is just pondering? general thinking. It just kind of, you know, I think we sort of learn things through a, a, a process. It's not like, you know, you, you read an article and then just all of a sudden start implementing things. I think it's more kind of a a longer game of osmosis and cumulative knowledge, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's challenging to, um, identify those things in yourself sometimes, you know? Absolutely. Those, those unique traits that are what other people are noticing separates you apart, but you, Mm -hmm. you might not see it. So, eh, just, just wanted to give you the three questions. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, we'll have we'll have to ponder. Do you want us to answer that? Like, we should do that as a as a yeah. I yeah. I've already point. worked on it a little bit as an exercise. Yeah. So if you want to work on it as well, we can catch up next week. Yeah, let's do that. I I like that. I'm gonna add that as uh, like homework for us. Cool. <laughs> uh, also, while we're being introspective, Matt, I figured, mm-hmm. and we're wrapping up soon, but um, you then said as you're kind of overwhelmed with everything that you're doing, it's always nice, and I believe you pointed me towards this with the, the self meditation and everything. But like to the to be uh, the 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 graciousness, the uh, being uh, thankful for things, especially now that it's the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, to stop and reflect of what we have and what we accomplish and what we are thankful for. So I figure for our podcast is a nice way to wrap up. Uh, what are you thankful for, Matt? Oh, uh, I'm thankful for those around me. You know, yeah. I'm thankful for the people in my life that make it what it is. Um, at home, Tiana, my pets mm-hmm. at the theater, uh, extended circle, family, friends, just uh, thankful for all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I am thankful for a lot of the similar things, friends and family that are there when I need them and even when I don't, (laughs) Um, you know, just to know that you always have someone to rely on and who can uh, support you. Uh, I'm thankful for uh, getting to chat each week, Matt, with you and discuss and dive into deep uh, nerdy things like uh, the uh, the workings behind showbiz and performing and uh, just to catch up with you, see how you're doing. 
uh, and thankful that I get to get to perform and do what I love for a living. And just like, uh, especially coming off of that pandemic, which, uh, you know, was one of those moments like, do, can we still do this? Like what happens when the world shuts down and then to be back and busy and performing? I mean, I, I treat every performance as a gift because, you know, it could all go away uh, as we saw <laughs> or you know, we found ways to pivot and make it work but like yeah to be to be just uh bringing joy to people and uh and having people have fun and entertain uh is i think uh is a big deal and i'm happy i get to do it and that people are enjoying uh shows so thankful for all of that and everything going on so fantastic well what goals have you set yeah, so we'll wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving, even though this comes out after. Uh, happy go- Thanksgiving. Goals, man. Um, keep, I was trying to keep up with the creativity and continue running. Uh, my goal really was to catch up on sleep <laughs> on other, other than that. So I did. I catch up on sleep and some, uh, and some rest uh, uh, and, and was happy with my shows. So I'm going to just keep being creative and uh, read uh, more books. I think. Okay, I think so did running nice. disappear now? Running, uh, it's too cold, Matt. I was just going to say, it's super it's cold over there. So, so. cold. <laughs> yeah, I, don't no, know. I get it, I get it. You know what I will do, though? Uh, because uh, going outside is trickier these days. Uh, currently, since I replaced my TV, the old one has been filling the space where I normally did my VR exercise. Oh, move so, that out of there. So I'm going to figure out how in New York you dispose of broken large electronics get that out of there put that as a goal yeah get (laughs) tv (laughs) out of there and uh and then get back into the vr uh exercise so at least i'm doing something every day yeah that's the goal yeah mine is to be broadcasting from my actual office by next week (laughs) yes so moving that goal to the, the following week it, it really week. should yeah. have been achievable but i had mm. i had three days in a row get it's hijacked fun. just it's completely totally understandable like i yeah. said uh so fantastic uh matt what do you want to plug oh p- do you have any recommendations it's the holiday season sometimes people want to re uh revisit some movies or see new movies or anything that you want to recommend matt mrs doubtfire is a good one has nothing to do with thanksgiving okay mrs doubtfire i like it no, that's uh, kind of a joke. But um no, I don't I don't have any recommendations off the top of the head. Um the only plug I'll mention is the in the link in the show notes we have that uh that food drive we're gonna be doing virtually from now through the end of the year. As I mentioned, no uh donation is too small. I've already kicked it off with two thousand meals. Um so they're already you know, everyone's excited about it and, and uh if you feel like you wanna contribute, by all means. Excellent. Very good. Uh, and we will plug that and put that link into the show notes as well. Uh, I caught a movie on uh, HBO, Matt, uh, that was in theaters I wanted to catch. Uh, and I'm very much in a whodunit phase. I know the, the new Knives Out movie from Ryan Johnson's coming out uh, that I'm going to try and catch. Uh, but I think it's going to be on streaming soon. Anyway, but I saw another one that I think you might like called See How They Run. With uh, Adrian Brody uh, is in it, but it's really starring Sam Rockwell and Saoirse Ronan. And it's a murder mystery that takes place uh, during a live theater show of an Agatha Christie murder mystery. 
So it gets okay. very, very meta. Right. <laughs> but there's some fun, like, theater tropes that are fun as well. And they're trying to turn the uh, the play into a movie. So you're getting not only theater, but you're also getting movie meta tropes as well. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, very quirky. So I really enjoy that. So I'd recommend to see how they run. Awesome. Matt, uh, where can people get your tickets to your show? Uh, MattFranco.com, Ticketmaster.com. Excellent. And you can still subscribe to your Instagram? Uh, actually, yes. Good, good, good. Very nice. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, see? <laughs> I got yeah. you covered. I got you covered. Yeah. Uh, and then for me, you can check out where I'm going to be performing at my Linktree uh, slash E. Diddleman uh, for my upcoming public shows, uh, including, again, lots of speakeasies coming up, I'm sure, uh, which is a real blast to do. I'm really loving it, as well as uh, the Seven Feathers Casino in Oregon at the end of uh, December and uh, some shows in Illinois uh, in January. Um, Matt, a quick update on the Midnight Theater, since I'm plugging that show. We were doing a show, Magic Tonight, me and another magician. We're kind of the only two on the bill, plus a rotating comedian. That show has ended. <laughs> it's All right. done. However, d- my uh, work with the Midnight Theater might not be over just yet, because uh, we are currently uh, working on perhaps a new version of a show. Cool. Uh, and more details on that will come out soon, as soon as uh, it's available. So, you got uh, it. Stay posted. Check out my website, ericdittleman.com. Hey, Matt, we have to thank our lovely, lovely producers of the show. Let's give a big shout out to Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller uh, for helping out at that top tier. Uh, thank you so much. And if you want to be a patron as well, you can visit us at patreon.com slash mindovermagicpodcast and get uh, updates on, uh, you know, Video Vault is a great tier there. We've uh, added, I think, all the clips you sent me, Matt, now. Oh, okay. That means I got to get back to work. So you got to send me some more. <laughs> all right. And uh, and I got to figure out some videos to put in there. Uh, I'll have to just start filming random stuff. There you uh, go. <laughs> and putting it in there. Uh, and then if visit us at our website, mindovermagicpodcast.com. If you have a question, you can submit it there to our website, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. And visit us on the socials at mindmagicpod. And uh, we wish you all a very happy holiday season, a very happy Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoyed your day. And uh, we hope that you, uh, you, if you're enjoying the podcast, share this with a friend that you also think would enjoy it as well. Anything else, Matt? This episode is. You want me to say it? No. Oh, I come on! That, you should. Right? You, you got to know what I was doing there, right? The episode is now. No, no, no! I don't want to do it. No, I'll do it. <laughs> we'll okay, keep I'll keep going. Do it. We'll keep going. This episode won't end then. All right, let's just continue. All we right. got more topics here. <laughs> the episode is now over. Wrong button. <laughs> I thought you did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs>